0: Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real-world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. All right. Hello and welcome. And thanks for being with us today. This week, we're sitting down with Melanie Weiss, CEO of Fetch Robotics, and Eric Nieves, the CEO and founder of Plus One Robotics. They're here to discuss the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the mobile robotics industry. Thank you both for being here with us. And let's jump right in. Let's start with Eric. Uh, Eric, companies across the country were forced to either close... Or forced to reduce the number of employees, how have you noticed, or what kinds of significant changes have you noticed since the pandemic began?
1: If it's true that crises only accelerate uh, trends that were already inevitable, that's what we are seeing. Uh, The operators of fulfillment centers, distribution centers, sort centers, parcel hubs were all already facing labor insecurity and uh, increasing demand. So, uh, all of them were looking at automated tools and robotics and AI as elements that they could bring to bear for their constraints. And uh, COVID 19 has certainly accelerated those initiatives. So, where folks were, you know, maybe principally thinking, yes, we know we need uh, to solve. Uh, The automation piece, as we think about uh, throughput and shorter delivery uh, times and increasing volume, all of a sudden it has become an imperative at the C-suite, right? Business continuity is a real consideration, especially when uh, you have the specter of shelter-in-place or another uh, spike in in COVID happening to us uh, later in the fall or winter. uh, And all of these operators needing to ship their orders, needing to process uh, goods through their facilities and not have half their staff. So uh, COVID has shown a very bright light on sort of the dependence of Uh, these operators on uh, a steady stream of labor. And how can uh, we do that when labor is either unavailable, short in supply, or here today off tomorrow based on, you know, county health officials, et cetera. So COVID has just accelerated trends that were
2: already in March.
0: And how about you, Melanie? Did you notice any significant changes in the industry?
2: We've seen a lot of different changes in in the the industry and in the market since the beginning of COVID. I mean, some of the earliest impact we saw is so we have we have customers in Asia and we have customers in mainland China. And, you know, um in in very very early January, uh several of our projects got put on hold and that was like first the first indication that that, you know, this COVID thing was, was really serious. And then, you know, when the shutdown started to happen or the shelter-in-place started to happen, it was right at the um, tail end of a major trade show for the industry, MODEX. Um, but also around that time, people started tightening their purse strings. And so if you look at what we've seen in the industry in the last, you know, it's been about 130 days um, since shelter-in-place really started being rolled out and across the entire United States. We've seen a couple of things. One, the, the industry is kind of bisected, uh, into, you know, essential providers. So people who provide essentially commerce, essential, uh, health equipment, essential manufacturing services. Um, and then there's the, the customers that are kind of in the non-essential category. Um, And so, you know, like um, automotive has been pretty badly hit by by COVID. And so we we definitely saw immediately that, you know, the non-essential groups uh, immediately put their automation and just their larger technology budgets on hold um, and started doing furloughs and layoffs.
0: Okay. So what about the essential businesses? What effect do you feel this had on them?
2: On the essential side, we we saw a large pickup in in demand and and desire for automation. And many of the customers told us that all but their automation budgets had been frozen. Um, and so, you know, even starting the first week of shelter in place, Fetch was shipping robots to to customers to help them with their their needs under the pandemic. And so you know one of the great things about our our product and our technology is we do everything in the cloud so when we ship the robots to the customer they they can take the robots out of the box get them connected to the internet and then the product just works and so we were able to deploy all the robots remotely without having to go on site which was one of the major restrictions that we saw uh, that immediately happened after the shelter in place but then you know we saw several New sectors really picking up, obviously medical devices, but anything related to work from home. So uh, consumer electronics, laptops, uh, things like that. And then pet food. People, I guess, are buying a lot more pet food now that they're trapped home with their pets. Um, And so we saw a lot more demand for things like that.
0: Okay, so let's talk about your existing customers. Did this affect how they are using mobile robotics?
2: A lot of our existing customers started changing the way they use the robots uh, significantly to help deal with social distancing to help deal with uh, schedule changes to allow for disinfection cleaning chain time periods um, to to just help with the controlling the number of people and the density in the building. You know um, one of the things in in like picking for e-commerce is typically people are pretty close together and they have pack stations that are all very close together. But, you know, with social distancing and things like that, they had to spread all of that out. And that really changed what the robots had to do.
0: Hmm, That's interesting. What do you mean by that? Uh, How how did this affect the robots' tasks?
2: Before COVID, the robots predominantly were doing, like, long-haul transits. But after COVID, they also started picking up the short-haul in-between-people transits. So, like, Moving an assembly kit from one person to the next person to help enforce social distancing. We've definitely seen like the customers that are still, you know, concert essential and things like that, and, and their business is still moving pretty rapidly. They've made a lot of changes and really taken advantage of the flexibility of our system to to continue their productivity and to to deal with the challenges that COVID has presented.
0: And Eric, uh, with the expanded applications for these mobile robots, there are also more use cases for picking robots that actually leverage uh, Plus One Robotics vision technology. Is that correct?
1: The marriage of manipulation or picking robots to mobile robots takes a lot of different forms. Uh, The one that I'm thinking about uh, is uh, the robot is loading items onto a mobile robot that then distributes them appropriately throughout the facility. So uh, previous to the robots having to uh, handle the items, well then there were certainly people whose job it was um, all shift long to take items from their left and put them on the mobile robot in front of them and see that robot go off and another robot show up and load the next one. And that was uh, their task Hour upon hour, and uh, using manipulators, robots with vision to do those tasks instead frees up this really valuable human resource with all of its, you know, all of our cognition, all of our intuition, intelligence to go do other tasks within the facility that are higher value.
0: Okay, so clearly there have been a lot of changes to with respect to how clients are using mobile robotics. Is there anything that has enabled you to better help your clients? Or are there any changes that you are looking into so that you can help your clients better in the future?
2: Obviously, the ability to deploy remotely. We've also started working with six or seven partners in disinfection robots. Last week, we announced you know, a robot that's at the Albuquerque airport cleaning and disinfecting. I think you know when you look at when you look at going forward we all I think are starting to recognize that this pandemic and social distancing and and the new normal is going to take a, a while. We we see it as, you know, trying to support our customers and our new customers in whatever way we can whether it's through helping them increase their productivity, helping them increase their flexibility, which flexibility is now becoming a huge priority given that, you know, they don't know what kind of labor restrictions are going to have, what kind of social distancing restrictions are going to have, what kind of just density restrictions are going to have within a facility. Um, And then, you know, how do they make it safe for those employees to be in that space? And, you know, we're, we're working with our existing customers and new customers and new verticals uh, with, with the disinfection partners that we have. And, you know, we, we think that, you know, some of the solutions that, that we're helping to put in the market with our customer, with our partners, um, are going to be there for a long time, um, because it, COVID seems to be pretty pernicious. And so, you know, I think that we're going to be disinfecting for a while. And then, you know, I think that people are just becoming more aware of, you know, how, how quickly something that seems like just a flu can become this global pandemic. And I think that these disinfecting robots will most likely stick around um, going forward because, you know, we don't know when the next pandemic's going to hit. And the cost of these, these uh, automated disinfecting solutions are relatively low cost, but they ensure such a high level of safety that it it, it seems like a, a zero thought kind of or easy return on investment calculation to make.
0: COVID-19 seems to be rapidly accelerating the need for automation, surely in a variety of areas. Eric, do you think this might be the start of a move towards more lights out, operations?
1: Once the robots are out there doing their work autonomously and they're picking items all, you know, doing very well of their own, but then an exception happens. Exceptions are the rule in the warehouse. There is so much variability in the input stream, in the items that need to be processed, that a robot will encounter a scene it does not understand. And when it does, How do you fix that? And I believe in supervised autonomy, meaning let the robot do what it can of its own volition. But when it gets confused, it's to raise its hand over the network and say, I'm phoning a friend right now. Can somebody look at this and help me? And the human sees what the robot sees and says, Oh, well, I guess you've never had to deal with one of these before. And you command the robot from remote you teach it from remote, and the robot says, thank you very much, and goes back to work. You may not hear from that robot again for hours, but I can guarantee you, you will hear from that robot again. It's because the warehouse is defined by variability, which is completely different than manufacturing, which is defined by repeatability. So to get robots that are successful in manufacturing, To work in a variable domain means you better have a human in the loop. And that's the, I believe, the best approach to the warehouse of the future. It is a collaboration between robots and people. Where robots work, people rule. That is the other school of thought is, wouldn't it be swell if we just had a lights out fulfillment center? No people and just robots. Well, you know what, that would be great, but it's just not going to happen because there's so much variability that there, the, the, the AI approach, the all-in artificial intelligence is coming to save the day for us, doesn't really work in the warehouse because you have to attach all of this AI that lives in ones and zeros needs to ultimately affect the physics of the world, right? So uh, that's why the only Lights Out Fulfillment Center is still gonna have people involved. They may be remote, they may be supporting robots, you know, a thousand miles away in that warehouse, but it is not a autonomous warehouse. It is still under human uh, command.
0: Well, no doubt big changes to come from mobile robotics in the near future. Want to extend a big thank you to the both of you. Thanks for being with us today and joining us. And for you at home, listening from your home office or perhaps in your car where you are socially distanced and safe, thank you. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening to this MHI cast featuring Melanie Wise and Eric Nieves. At MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to the next level of success. Thanks for making us part of your professional development journey.